Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In-Depth. Hey folks, JD here, Season 2, Episode 9, and I'm really happy the NBA was able to get off an All-Star game this year in Atlanta, Georgia. Team LeBron beat Team Durant 170 to 150, and Giannis, Dame, and Steph led the team to victory. Steph and Dame were hitting shots from a different area code, and that was really fun to watch. And Giannis was perfect from the field, and that's why he won MVP. He was 16 for 16 with 35 points. 16 made shots without a miss, most in the event's history. He's so fun to watch. Although, there was a negative that went with the All-Star game. Embiid and Simmons had to sit out because of contact with their barber. They were placed on virus protocols and were unable to participate. The best part of All-Star Weekend is now we jump in to the second half of the year. All teams look to hit the gas pedal, and we're going to see some of the best basketball of the year starting this Wednesday. Moving on to some of the events... Steph Curry put on a clinic in the three-point contest and came from behind and won it on the last shot. As Reggie Miller stated, the greatest shooter this game has ever seen. Steph was saying that shooting threes off the rack is tougher than off the dribble in-game, and he has a point. He's used to doing one of those things night in and night out. This was a different format, but still raining threes. That's what Steph does. Curry won his second career three-point contest, the first player to win event multiple times in non-consecutive years, and uh, Steph's been proven night in and night out that he's one of the best this game's ever seen, not only with the ball, but without the ball, and I'm excited for the Warriors to make a playoff push in this second half of the season. The Skills Challenge winner was a big this year. Shout out Sabonis on the victory. Skills Challenge is usually won by a guard, but this year, the final consisted of two bigs, Sabonis and Vucevic. Shout out Vich, as Shaq says. The dunk contest was better than I expected. It was during halftime of the All-Star game. Shout out Anthony Simons with the victory. He nearly kissed the rim on his last dunk, and he showed love to T-Mac on the dunk before that. Shout out Aaron Allen, who grew up with Simons in the Orlando area. And he happened to beat a New York Knick. Shout out the greatest city in the world. Obi Toppin by a 3-2 vote in the final round. It was real close. I thought those two, along with Cassius Stanley, put on an absolute clinic. People were going into this saying, we, we don't have some of the best dunkers in this, but these three young stars showed what it's truly about. Getting up and finishing strong. Moving on to some off-season moves. Blake Griffin signed with the Brooklyn Nets on a veteran minimum deal. He turns 32 next week. But the question is, does he truly make the Nets better? He's a six-time All-Star, but he's not playing like that anymore. His numbers have dipped with the Detroit Pistons. He is averaging 12.3 points per game on 37% from the field and 5.2 assists per game. Although he is reuniting with DeAndre Jordan. And he's with a very talented team now. A team not expecting him to do a whole lot, but can contribute on both ends of the floor. And Lob City back in tech, except this time, instead of Chris Paul, they're catching lobs from Mr. James Harden. So it's going to be fun to watch. 
Brooklyn is a favorite out of the East, and they could win this whole thing. A few other things I wanted to mention. I'd like to see Andre Drummond in a Laker uniform. I say that because a little more size with LA. Anthony Davis hasn't been 100% healthy. Marcus Gasol is getting older. He's not as quick defensively or offensively. So I think Drummond is going to be a really good fit if the Lakers could get their hands on him. They're the leading candidate. And uh, I hope that's the final piece to the puzzle. Because uh, Lakers, a lot of other teams around the league are getting even better. Lakers, of course, won last year, but competition is at an all-time high, especially this year more than others. Next, I wanted to see Victor Oladipo end up in Golden State, add another scorer this year to make up for Klay Thompson. I think he'd work well with Steph Curry. That would be really fun to watch. And Vic, every night, he's going to give it all he's got, but the Warriors have to keep in mind, Victor has not always been healthy, and they have to know that they might not get him for a long period of time. Sometimes it's injury, which keeps him out a few weeks. Sometimes it's a few months. So they have to keep an eye on Vic and see if they want to go through all that. But Victor's a great guy on and off the floor, and I think he's going to have a bounce back second half of the year. Next, baseball preseason is underway. I cannot wait for opening day. Lots of pressure on the top dogs this year, especially getting that winning culture back in New York with those Yanks. And the Dodgers, even better on paper with Trevor Bauer. And I wanted to stop real quick with the New York Yankees. We know that they're a top team in the AL East. We've seen that year in and year out, but now it's time for these guys to get over that postseason hump and get to the world championship. Judge has joked about it. Stanton has joked about it. Gary Sanchez has mentioned it too. For them to make it to the World Series this year, pitching's got to be all-time high and they got to play well defensively. They have the bats to get there, but do they have the pitching to get there? It's a pitcher-driven league. They have Garrett Cole to lead things off and a real strong rotation to back him up there. And the Dodgers looking to repeat. Uh, We'll see if that's possible. They added another star pitcher, as I just mentioned, with Trevor Bauer. He took less money to come to this winning franchise. And they got the pieces. And how about the New York Mets? The question there is, can they keep up with their crosstown rival, the Yanks? And now with having Frankie Lindor and some of the best pitching this sport has ever seen, they should be in good hands as well. In a tough division, of course. Uh, Mets are never dealt an easy card especially with those Atlanta Braves and Nationals are going to be good and Marlins made the postseason last year. So uh, breaking down a little baseball there for you. I want to get pumped. You know, we're already in March. We're rolling uh, by April, May. Coming into the summer, it's going to be all about ball. So uh, shout out baseball. Let's keep doing it. Breaking news in the NFL, Dak Prescott agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, and we will see how he comes back from injury. He had a season-ending injury last year. Some thought a slight chance of career-ending. That's how severe the injury was. But if you ask me, Dak will be ready to roll. He has showed his loyalty to the city of Dallas and proved that he should be their quarterback for years to come. They have a great one-two punch with Zeke and Dak. And hey, I think the Cowboys, if they want to reach that next level, Dak's going to be part of that puzzle. And uh, we'll see how the Cowboys do. They're one of the front runners to come out of the NFC East, and we'll see if they live up to the hype. So that's a little wrap on the NFL. How about the beautiful month we're in? March Madness, big part of the year. Selection Sunday's coming up. And I wanted to shout out Gonzaga. The Zags look great, 24-0. They are perfect and hope to remain that way. 
I do have them going the distance, uh, the way they attack the glass and play D and shoot at a high level. Um, If it's not them, I do have the University of Michigan making the Final Four, if not making that title game. And it's a little different of a year without Kentucky, without Duke, uh, without some of these guys at the top spot. New teams are stepping in. You know, Alabama looks really good. Illinois looks good. And this year it's come down to teams staying healthy, uh, COVID and otherwise. And it's been coming down to defense. It's been a low-scoring year for the most part in college games, and that has to do with defense at both ends of the floor, transitioning into the deep dive. In the NBA, you can win world championships on high-scoring games. In NCAA basketball, you win them with low-scoring games and locking in defensively with a few minutes left to go in the second half. Just a little comparison. University of Virginia won the national championship when I was still in college, and it was all about defense for them the whole year. And that's what got them to the promised land. Now in the NBA, we look at the Brooklyn Nets this year. We look at the Golden State Warriors in years past, and it's been about shooting. It's been about high percentage looks from the field and knocking down the three ball. There's a difference between these two leagues. One, of course, college. One, of course, pro. But in NBA, the three ball and scoring in transition gets you to the promised land. In NCAA, it's about locking in defensively. So uh, we'll keep breaking down hoops here in March. Anything is possible. Stay tuned to my weekly delivery. JD out.